boys and girls, good boys. You are listening live to the final edition of the Brandon World Super Bowl Podcast. Here on this Friday, February 11th, 2022. I hope you are all ready because it is time. It is time to break down the big game in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Who is going to win Super Bowl 56 before I get to that? If you guys did enjoy the podcast this week with Jake Madsen, Christian Inn, Jalen Sandvik, Mason Lawyer, and Austin Arnold, I am so glad they brought so many different perspectives, not only on all things NFL, but we talked about a lot of local stuff where I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Of course, the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers and our perspective on the MLB lockout as well. And we talked a lot of Tom Brady's legacy since the GOAT decided to hang it up at any time. Of course, you can go back and listen to those podcasts wherever you get the Brandon's World Podcast. As always, make sure to follow me personally on Twitter at Brandon Lewis underscore seven. Follow the show at Real underscore B World. Now that we got all those preliminaries out of the way, folks, it is time. And I said on the day after the AFC and NFC Championship games, I said I could see this game going two different ways. My first initial thought was, man, this is going to be a really close game. But it could turn into a blowout real quickly. Because what we've seen in the Super Bowl over the last couple of years is that you don't need the best quarterback to win. How many times have I gone on this podcast this year and said, well, you know, games week one for week 18 of the regular season and even for most of the playoffs, I'm going to pick the best quarterback because usually that leads to victories. We have not seen that that much this postseason. And when you get to the postseason, especially the Super Bowl, I believe it's about experience, I believe it's about veteran leadership, and I believe that it is about the team. Whoever has the better overall football team and the better matchups typically win the game. Why? Because you get two weeks off so the better coaches are usually better prepared and you get to scheme schematic based off matchups. It's all about matchups and where you can take advantage of the other team's weakness because at this point of the season, your opponent doesn't really have that many weaknesses. With that being said, you take a look at the offensive and defense side of the ball for both of these teams. Starting with the Cincinnati Bengals, the young cats, who I said the day after the AFC and NFC Championship games, they remind me a lot of the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they don't have the defense that my Eagles did. They don't have the overall team that my Eagles had, but they have a superstar young quarterback in Joe Burrow. They got great free agent additions on the back end, such as Mike Elton from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Trey Anderson from, from the New Orleans Saints, anchoring the defensive line and secondary. That really changed around their defense, along with Von Bell from the Saints. Jesse Bates has been a Bengal for a long time, veteran leadership back there in the secondary. Now, offensively for the Bengals, we know about their three great receivers in Jamar Chase, Int E. Higgins, Int Iowa Boy. It'll be really interesting for me to see if their great tight end, CJ Uzama, who is in a career year and is set to leave free agency. He probably will not be back if he will play in the ballgame. The Bengals obviously have a great running game in Joe Mixon. They're going to need to use Joe Mixon 
to control the clock because Joe Burrow, who I just learned this week played defensive back in high school. Joe Burrow, who loves contact because he played that defensive back position in high school. Joe Burrow is going to need to not get hit because the Rams defensive line has a ferocious pass rush in Von Miller, in Leonard Floyd, in Aaron Donald. They have the best defensive line in football, and this year, the Bengals' offensive line has been suspect. It reminds me a lot of the Chiefs-Buccaneers game last year. Obviously, a lot of the focus was on Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, the current Madden 22 cover athletes. How great they were. These, they were the two best quarterbacks in the game. They had tremendous weapons in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for Kansas City, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the game was won because the Bucs' ferocious pass rush of Levante David and Devin White and JPP and Indomitian Sue and Villavea just flat out ate the Chiefs offensive line alive. And Tom Brady, on the other hand, barely even got touched for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's why that game ended up being abroad after it was one of the most anticipated Super Bowls in recent memory. Usually, the Super Bowl does not lead up to the hype. Why? Because there's so much hype surrounding the stars of the game, but it ends up being the, the unsung hero, the position group that we don't really always talk about. We always talk about the quarterback. We always talk about the receivers. You, you know, the game-changing, flashy players. It's really the line play that usually decides the Super Bowl. And the Bengals' offensive line, they give up nine sacks in the divisional round of Tennessee. I still don't know how they won that game. The Bengals... Did not play particularly well in that game. And they got the job done because Joe Burrow is basically turning into a robot in year two. I don't think the stage is too big for this kid. Listen, he played flawlessly on a big stage in a national championship game. Absolutely ripping apart Brent Venable's defense, who is now the head coach at the University of Oklahoma, a very respected defensive coordinator around college football. And that kid who at the time, Trevor Lawrence was seen as his all-world prospect coming into the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, we didn't know at that time yet, but we knew, hey, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be Joe Burrow. These two guys are going to duke it out. And, of course, we didn't know where, where Trevor was going to go, but we presumed Joe Burrow was going to be a Cincinnati Bengal, which two years ago, by the way, I just looked it up. This week, I did argue that the Bengals should not take Joe Burrow because their offensive line was such a mess because I didn't think the kid was going to be this good this early and be able to overcome all of this bad infrastructure, but he was able to do that. Now, on the Rams' offensive side of the football, you obviously have the best wide receiver in football this year. I know I hear all the talk about Devontae Adams. I still think Devontae Adams overall is the best wide receiver in football. But right up there, number two or number three, and certainly the best of this season in terms of stat-wise, was Cooper Cup. You have my great friend, Odell Beckham Jr. And, of course, you didn't catch that sarcasm there. Just know that I am, of course, from Cleveland, Ohio. You know, I'm very well rooting for Odell Beckham Jr. He is at a career renaissance in Los Angeles. 
you know, according to some people, not according to me, but at least according to some people with all of his touchdown catches, though I will admit he certainly did have a big impact in the two postseason games against Tampa Bay and against the Niners in the NFC Championship game, did not have that big of an impact in the wild card game against Arizona. You throw in Van Jefferson in there, you throw in Iowa Igby, who of course got injured in the NFC Championship game, but it looks like he may, he may be able to go. The Rams offensive line, won by 40-year-old Andrew Whitworth, a former Bengal, by the way. What an interesting story that is. I think they're going to be able to hold up against the Bengals' pass rush. So when I look here at the game, the biggest strength for the Rams is their defensive line. The biggest weakness for the Bengals is their offensive line. That is very similar to the Chiefs and Bucks, as I just said from last year. The difference is, though, this Bengals offensive line, they were able to stand up to Kansas City's pass rush last week, and Joe Burrow did not get hit. And if you give Joe Burrow time, Joe Burrow is going to make plays. Yes, the Rams have a good secondary in Jalen Ramsey. If they do put Jalen Ramsey one-on-one with Jamar Chase, I expect E. Higgins and Tyra Boyd to be able to make plays. If they do not, if they decide to double Jamar Chase, which I would do, because then you can put Ramsey on Boyd or Higgins and just leave one-on-one coverage for the other receiver, and you have to let the third receiver eat. That might be the best strategy, and one of these receivers for the Bengals that's not Jamar Chase is going to have to make plays, and they're going to have to run the ball with Joe Mixon to take pressure off Burrow. The Bengals do not want to get in a shootout with the Rams defense, I believe, because they're not going to be able to pass block 100% of the time effectively. If this game turns into 37-30, I believe it will be a Rams victory. I think Matthew Stafford, who I've criticized for the last 15 years, and he should have thrown the game-ending interception in the NFC Championship game that would have given the Niners the victory. I actually think he's played pretty well this postseason. I'm not the biggest fan of Matthew Stafford, as you guys know. I'm not the biggest fan of the Rams. I think Aaron Donald sometimes, to be honest, shows up big, or shows up small, excuse me, in big moments. But this is their time, man. They have a Super Bowl MVP on the roster in Von Miller. They brought over Odell Beckham in the midseason as well. They have no draft picks. They've gone all in. They're Hollywood. They're glitz and glamour. They're going to be playing at their own stadium, though it's never been a home field advantage anyways for these Rams. So I don't think the Super Bowl environment is going to bother them. And, you know, my heart is saying Cincinnati Bengals because it would be a great story. For Joe Burrow, this kid out of Athens, Ohio, in his second year to lead the Bengals, who many people thought would finish fourth, including myself, in a very tough AFC North to lead them to the Super Bowl. And I don't even know if the Bengals have played their best game yet. They struggled against the Raiders for most of the game. They struggled against Tennessee in Tennessee for most of the game. They were to dig both of those games out against Kansas City. They played a really bad first half. And I'm telling you right now, if you play a really bad first half in the Super Bowl, you're not going to win the football game. They have not played a complete football game yet in these playoffs. I could argue the Rams, they played really well against Arizona. First half against the uh, Bay Buccaneers. They blew out the Buccaneers. They obviously let that game get away from them. They struggled against San Francisco till the fourth quarter. Then they got the momentum. It'll be really interesting to see how both of these teams start off the game.
because for an offensive mind, I think Sean McVay, who for Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, comes from that tree. I think Sean McVay gets a little bit too conservative in his play calling early. I also think McVay is a little reckless on talented. I think if it comes down to Ed coaching decisions late in the game, I'm going to give it to Zach Taylor. Because from what I've seen from Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor is more aggressive than Sean McVay. And I really like Zach Taylor's play calling. He is fearless. He's not afraid to put the football in the hands of his best player. And he knows that his best player is number nine on the football field. And so, when it comes down to it, I'm going to say the Rams win this game by a final score of 24-20. I think it's a one-possession game. I think Joe Burrow has the ball last. I think the Rams get the stop. And we will see Matthew Stafford, who a lot of people are rooting for, and Odell Beckham Jr., and Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald, and all those guys be able to finally hold of a Barty Trophy. If the Bengals win... I think it's a better story for the podcast on Monday. I think it's a better story for, for around the week. I think there is a lot of pressure on the Rams, knowing they have built this team not based off traffic. They have built this team for this year. For Cincinnati, man, they flew in Tuesday. Usually you fly into a Super Bowl on Sunday. They flew in on Tuesday. That is a very dangerous game to play, but... I think they are taking it as a business trip. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be bothered by the noise. I don't think Joe Mixon. I don't think Jamar Chase. I don't think Trey Anderson. I don't think Jesse Bates. I don't think any of these guys can be bothered by the noise. Cincinnati kind of feels like a team of destiny, which is why if this game does get close, Joe Burrow over Matthew Stafford to me. But it's going to be really interesting to see the flow of the game. I have been wrong on Super Bowl picks before. I have been right on Super Bowl picks. I've been more right than wrong. The last game I got wrong was I did pick San Francisco over Kansas City to win that Super Bowl. Before that, the last Super Bowl I got wrong was Carolina over Denver. So I have a pretty good track record of picking games. Usually, again, for the Super Bowl, as you guys know, for the regular season, I usually pick based on the best quarterback. For the Super Bowl, I usually pick best roster, what's the team's best strength versus that other team's worst weakness. I would argue the Rams' biggest weakness is their linebacking or slash their offensive line. And for the Bengals, I would argue their biggest strength is their receiving core. And their quarterback, obviously, Joe Burrow, which is not a strength on strength. Like I said, where the Rams' strength is their defensive line, the Bengals' weakness is their, is their offensive line. That's where I think the Rams' advantage is in this ballgame. So that was my Super Bowl prediction. As always, come back here on Monday for when we break down the big game and before we go today, though, I do have an announcement to make. Monday will be our final show for Season 5 of this Anchor slash iTunes slash Google Play slash Spotify, wherever you want to call it, podcast. I post the podcast on Anchor using Seasons, and then Anchor distributes it for me on all those other podcasting platforms. Now, Season 1 
was during the spring of 2020 semester when I was at Box Score Radio. Season 2 was the summer. Season 3 was the fall. Season 4 was the spring of 2021. And then this here now is Season 5, where we are in the fall of 2021 slash early 2022 doing this individual podcast. We are not on the radio. I had so much fun doing this. And so we are going to take a two-week break. We are going to be back in early March where we pivot our focus. We're still going to talk NFL. But obviously, over the last five, six months, we have talked almost exclusively National Football Week here on this podcast. A little baseball here and there, a little wrestling here and there. We have not talked a ton of NBA at all. And I have a lot of NBA thoughts on, you know, Brooklyn situation with James Arden and Ben Simmons potentially, the Lakers situation with, with Russell Westbrook. We're going to dive into the, the NBA playoffs. There's obviously a lot of surprising teams this year with, with obviously my hometown Cleveland Cavaliers, the Chicago Bulls, the Memphis Grizzlies. So we're going to get into a lot of NBA talk, some March Madness. Obviously, the baseball walkout is still happening. If you want to hear my thoughts on the MLB walkout, again, go back and listen to those podcasts, especially the one with Christian Inn. We really dove into the, the MLB walkout on that one. Same thing with Jalen Sandvik. Um, we talked a lot of baseball there and Rob Manfred's, you know, radical ways of changing the game, how they're not working, so make sure to check out those podcasts. We're going to be doing a lot of that stuff in March. The big announcement is we are going to be starting to post video clips. So after about two years, folks, I have figured out how to do virtual backgrounds on Zoom. We're going to be having a lot of different virtual backgrounds. I'm going to be posting some clips of the podcast to my YouTube channel. That's obviously Brandon's World. The link is in the description. Make sure to go subscribe to the channel. I will still be uploading the podcast in audio form. Now, the YouTube version will not have music behind it because of copyright issues. Anchor does not have those copyright issues. That's why we are able to put on the NFL music and all that other music. And we will be doing that starting in March. So again, starting in March, we will be doing video and audio. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure to stay up to date on Anchor, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get the Branch World Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy the game. I'm going to be getting some pizza, maybe a big cookie, some pop, which I rarely drink. Hashtag drink water, not pop, except for on Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to get fatter as America. And we're going to sit back and we're going to only watch a great football game on Sunday. I'll be back on Monday for the final podcast of Season 5. We will break down that game. And then we will take a two-week break and return in March. Talking all things NBA MLB March Madness along with the National Football League. I have a great plan because when we get back, we're going to be obviously talking about free agency, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson. What's going to happen with these top quarterbacks? I have a great plan for that first podcast coming back and I cannot wait to talk to you guys about all things sports. As always, I'm your host, Brandon Lewis of the Brandon's World Podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful Thursday. Enjoy the game. Whether you're a Rams, Bengals, or a casual fan, it's going to be an awesome game. To be honest with you, I really don't care who wins. Again, the bigger story here to me is if Joe Burrow wins in his second year, which would be absolutely unbelievable. I just hope we have a great game. Enjoy the call with the great Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on commentary on NBC. We'll be back on Monday. And... Ooh!
Peace.